Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Film Club Podcast, where every week, me and Ms. Boo bring a movie to expand each other's horizons, watch them. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad, but they're always fun here at the Film Club. Miss Boo, how are you? I'm doing good today, Dean. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, actually, I'm really excited, because this week was your pick, and you picked a real good one. It's one eh, of my favorites. You're just saying that. No, no, this is this is a real good one. This is this is the best of the trilogy. It so isn't. It so is the best. No, it isn't. It absolutely is. So to recap, the month of April, we're going to be doing our tribute to comedy. So to continue with that, today we're going to be doing one of the movies from the Cornetto trilogy. The best one. The Cough Cough. No. Second best. Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz. The actual best of the Cornetto trilogy. Shaun of the Dead is the best of the trilogy. It is. Look, Shaun of the Dead is great. Hot Fuzz is is the best one, though. Come on. You know how I know it's the best one? Because you're Dean and everything, you know, you say is correct. No, because you picked Hot Fuzz and not Shaun of the Dead for this one. Because I'm saving Shaun of the Dead for, you know, September or October. Right, right. You can look at the master calendar. It's on there. All right, all right. I guess I will. But yeah, so Hot Fuzz. Hot fuzz. My personal favorite of the Cornetto trilogy. Will you give me that? I guess. Alright, cool. Yeah, this is my personal favorite of the Cornetto trilogy. Very excited. So, yeah. Where, where do you want to get started? Also, so, boom. Yes. When was the first time you saw this one? Well, Hot Fuzz came out April 20th, 2007, so... You're like, a- April, like, 25th, 2007? No, because I remember I saw this when it was on DVD, so probably, like, mm. a year later? Maybe 2008, somewhere in there? Okay, okay, then you and me probably saw it about the same time, because this was yeah. a, a DVD movie for me, too. Yeah, Shaun of the Dead was the same with me, too. You know, mm-hmm. I saw it on, I might have seen it on cable, but I don't know if we got big releases for those movies over here, because they're more, like, UK movies. Well, yeah, they're British, they're British movies, and... Um, it's, this is Edgar Wright and Shaun of the Dead was really the movie that kind of like, you know, his, his first like feature film that really blew up oh, a- yeah. across, you know, the waters, but it was a cult classic or it was a cult kind of movie. Yeah. Hot Fuzz was, you know, the next part where it's, you know, his repairing with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. And I think that one got a little bit more of a release, but I don't know if it was if it played in a lot of American theaters. I don't think it did. Yeah, I'm trying to think back to that time, and I don't remember seeing it advertised. I just remember seeing the DVD somewhere, and I was like, I have to have this. Yeah, and th- and that that means something because we live in like L. A. Where if a movie comes out, you can see it anywhere in L. A. Well, because we're I the mean, movie capital of the world. We are, but we were also in high school too, so we were kind of limited. So it's like you know. Can I really drive out to L.A. and go see this movie? Probably not, but can I buy that DVD for, like, 15 bucks? We can make it happen. We can make that happen. But, yeah. I'm a huge fan of this movie. I think this movie's great. Oh, I mean, it is. We quote it all the time. We quote Shaun of the Dead all the time. I'm sorry, Shaun. Yes, Dean says that to me every day. Not every day. Every other day. No, just about every day. And it could be (sighs) over anything. It's, you know... No deathly farts. It's just anything that he does. I'm sorry, boo. And I'm just like, that's what we do. Yeah, I'll stop doing it when you stop laughing. And most of the time, I'm not laughing when he says it. It's true. So yeah, um, 
I guess if we wanted to get started, you know, the actors in the film, because we got Simon Pegg, Nick Frost coming back as the... As the stars of the movie. Yeah, the stars in the movie. And we also have a really, like, pretty pretty solid cast. We have, like, Martin Freeman. This is before he did Sherlock and, mm-hmm. and his Bilbo Baggins and the Hobbit trilogy. Uh, Bill Nighy, who is a... You would... I think a lot of people in America would know him from, like, the Underworld films, I which think, is weird. I think and more also people would know him. And also as Pete from Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, Pete from Shaun of the Dead and uh, Love Actually. I know you probably haven't seen it. I have not seen Love Actually. Because, you know, Dean hates good movies, so... Ow, ow. So I think that's where most people know him, because he plays, like, this old rock star in the movie. Mm-hmm. And he's hilarious, because he's, like... I'm not sure how old Bill Nye is, or his character is, in that movie. But he's just, like, very Mick Jagger in that movie. So, it, it's very cool. I think you would like it. When, when you can't get Mick Jagger, you get Bill Nye. They're basically the same guy, people, obviously. But I mean, I think I love Bill Nye more. All right, all right. So this is the end of the podcast. Goodbye, everybody. This is a this is gonna be a Rolling Stone kind of a day. But yeah, but there's a lot of also just like weird cameos from like really like well known um, British com- comedians. Oh, Bill oh, Bailey's yeah. in this. Um, people like that. And also, I'm gonna say this: the script and story in this movie is is tight. It's like watertight. Well, yeah, because, I mean, Edgar Wright and uh, Simon Pegg, they took, I think, 18 months to write the script. Yeah. So they really, you know, came off the success of Shaun of the Dead and were like, you know, we're going to work really hard to come together and get something out that's going to be just as good, maybe even bigger than Shaun of the Dead was. And we got Hot Fuzz, which is an amazing movie. So funny, you know, you can see it a bunch of times. You're going to laugh every time you see it. This is one of those movies where... You, you know that saying where it's like, oh man, I can watch a movie like 50 times and I find something new in it? Yeah. This is that movie. Oh, yeah. Like, so I've, I don't know how many times I've seen this movie, like a couple dozen times. Yeah. Again, one of my, one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Definitely, this is probably my favorite Edgar Wright movie. Like, no meme. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, Scott Pilgrim. Sorry. But I was watching this and... This is the weirdest thing ever. I never noticed that the guy who plays, um, oh, uh, who, uh, Michael or the, the, oh yeah. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. the hound. Yeah. Yeah. And I just never noticed that. Granted, that's one of those things where, oh, this guy who's famous now is like, oh, he was in this. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But it's like, oh, the trolley boy is, is the hound. And I also never noticed that the, that he has the weird, like buck teeth thing. Mm-hmm. I just I just never never noticed that he has the the Bucky Beaver teeth. Yeah. And it's great. I know I, I was the same way too cuz I watched Game of Thrones a lot later like maybe midway through the show. I I I think I remember I got you hooked onto Game of Thrones around season 5 or 6. Yeah, somewhere in there and yeah. I was kind of like you where I was doing my research and I was like looking at the pictures and I'm like, "Man, I'm like you look really familiar and watching the movie and I was like, wait, you look too familiar. And I saw, he's the hound. Yeah. And it's just like, wow, you know, I've been watching this guy since 2008. And, you know, here we are. We know him as the hound. But before, he was Yarb. 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 Narb? Narb? All right, good then. <laughs> yeah, I, it's great. It's great. But yeah, there's a lot of good actors in this. And there's, I don't, there's not a bad performance in this movie. No, there's Everybody's also. Everybody's funny. There's also two really good cameos in this movie. That I didn't know about until I was doing the research for today's episode. 
Well, I mean, well, Martin Freeman and Bill Nighy, they're like, they're like glorified cameos. Oh, no, no, no. We're not even talking about them. We're talking about characters that you wouldn't expect to be big stars. Characters you wouldn't expect to be big stars in Hot Fuzz. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm also eyeballing the the IMDb right now, and I'm and I'm getting and he's getting not some seeing blanks. it, which I'm happy he doesn't have the whole thing open. So. Yeah, I got nothing. So let me blow your mind right now. My mind ready to be blown. Okay, so you know in the movie, uh, Nicholas Angel, who is played by Simon Pegg, yes, has recently broken up with his girlfriend Janine. Yes, and he goes to talk to her, you know, in the this house where there's been a murder. I'm assuming because there's blood everywhere. And well, I mean, you know. We have we have two people. Looks like there have been a struggle, a whole mess, and we're not talking about their relationship, obviously. But yeah. So, uh, we talked we talked to Janine in the movie, and all we see is her, you know, full like scrubs because you know it's a crime scene, so you have to be you know fully covered, mm-hmm. not get anything to contaminate the scene. So all we see is Janine's eyes. And she has this dramatic part where she takes her goggles off, you know, reveal mm. her eyes. And it's just like, you just, you feel that. You, you feel that strain in their relationship. And, yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, so for years I'm like, her eyes kind of look familiar, her voice kind of sounds familiar. It's Kate Blanchett. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Huh. Also, follow-up to that. Really? Yeah. Okay, alright, well, I'm gonna blow your mind, because I think this is the one that's actually gonna get you. Mm -hmm. So, you know in the movie, uh, Nicholas Angel's like, you know, I've been doing this for years, the worst thing I got was when I was stabbed through the hand. Okay, I know this one. Do you? Are you sure? Yeah, because Nicholas Angel was stabbed in the hand by a man, by Father Christmas, man dressed like um, Santa Claus. Yeah. The guy that's dressed as Santa Claus is Peter Jackson. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I I, I knew that one, that cameo is great. I knew you would, because you're a big Lord of the Rings fan. I'm a nerd, yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm a nerd, too. It, it's good. It, it's a thing. It's a thing. But I know how much you love Lord of the Rings, so I wasn't sure if you knew that. I mean, Bilbo Baggins is in this. It's true. Yeah. Not but, not the best Bilbo, but a Bilbo. A Bilbo is in this. Bill Nye's in it. Kate Blanchett. Peter Jackson. So you see that, you know... We start with Shaun of the Dead, and then we get some real traction yeah. and hot fuzz to the point where people are asking to be part of this movie. Just like uh, Jim Broadbent, who plays uh, Frank Butterman, mm-hmm. he you know asked uh, Edward Wright after Shaun of the Dead, you know all that you know publicity. He's like, you know what? I absolutely love this movie. The next time you do a movie, can I please be in it? So they wrote this role for him, which is pretty cool. Oh yeah, it, it's it's interesting because all right, can we just talk about Edgar Wright for a minute? Because he's one of those directors that came out of he he came out of that like early early mid two thousands mm-hmm. and like really blew up into the into like the film culture and things like that mm-hmm. and I he's relatively young like yeah. I know that because I want to say he's only in I don't even think he's forty I think he's like only in his like mid thirties right now. Is maybe, he? maybe. I mean, I can honestly. I'm looking at the, the IMDb. I can just check right now. But yeah, because he's born seventy four. Seventy four. Okay, so he's a little <laughs> bit older than I thought. Okay, because I was gonna say. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I'm because I had this image in my head because I remember watching an interview with him and he said it was really weird when he started like directing because everybody thought he was like an intern. Yeah. 
because when he started directing, he started directing, you know, television, stuff like that mm-hmm. when he was like 21, yeah. 22. And he was one of those people who was blowing up in England and we kind of forget that he was, he was, he's almost like the Kevin Smith of like English, yeah. of like England, right? Where it's like, oh, he taps into that weird pop culture itch mm-hmm. that everybody his generation's kind of in on and just kind of vibes on that. Yeah. Except Edgar Wright's like really good at doing like genre movies. Totally. I mean, yeah. look at what we have here. It's true. Also, I like how Hot Fuzz is basically both a really great comedy and also a legitimately awesome like action movie. I mean, you know, Simon Pegg goes, you know, full tilt for this movie. I mean, from, you know, learning how to do weapon training, uh, car training, even bicycle training. So he could do that one skid. Okay. I feel like the bicycle bit, there was not that much training in that, right? You don't know. I feel that might have been a publicity thing. If he said, I took months of, of bicycle training for this film, I feel that's some bullshit, boo. I'm sorry if I'm popping your bubble, but I feel that's some bullshit. How dare you call Simon Pegg a liar? Honey, he'll tell you he's a liar. Jesus Christ, he's an actor. That's his job. I'll believe it from him before I believe it from you. Alright, so next week we're uh, going to be introducing our new guest star, uh, Mr. Simon Pegg. But yeah. I mean, that'd be pretty awesome. He'd be great. But Honestly, I just talked to him about, like, how is it like filming, like, Spaced? Okay, so, here is, so, do you know the, you know about Spaced? No, but I have a feeling I'm going to. Okay, well, Edgar Wright, I told you, he got started directing, and yeah. he got, he got his start doing television work. Mm-hmm. Spaced was the show that he basically oh, got the yeah. chance to do on his own. He was the showrunner and everything. Yeah, I forgot. And that's about that. where he, you know, met Simon Pegg, Nick Frost. Basically basically the whole cast of yeah. Shaun of the Dead was came in that from show. Spaced. Yeah. yeah. That's and where he got a lot a, of that stuff. They even had a zombie episode. Yeah. Where where um uh, Simon Pegg's character fell asleep playing Resident Evil 2. Mm-hmm. Yes. Basically, Spaced is the epitome of what it's like, what it was like to be a, a 20-something living in, like, England in the 90s. It is the Kevin Smith show of England. Sounds pretty cool to me. It is. I really enjoy it. I think it only ran for, like, two series, though. But, back to the point at hand. Hot fuzz. So, yeah, boo. The plot of this movie is tight as a steel drum. Very tight. It's a action movie. It's a... Kind of a buddy comedy, even though Nicholas Angel won't give in to uh, Danny Butterman, his partner, played by Nick Frost, where Danny is just so beguiled by uh, Nicholas with all the things that he's done in his career. Blue, I have a question. Yes. Is there a place, is it true that there's a place inside of a man's head that if you shoot it just right, it will blow up? No. Are you sure? Yes. Alright, also that's one of my favorite, like, lines in that entire movie. Because he just says it with such conviction. It's so good. I mean, it's weird seeing Simon Pegg being serious. Yeah, well, he's the straight man in this, Yeah, that's why it's kind of hard to, you know, jump from Shaun of the Dead where he just, you know, can't keep anything together to Mm. Hot Fuzz where he's straight-laced and, you know, there's no making that man smile to, you know, finally he meets Danny and, you know, he relaxes a little bit and it's, you know... It's a mix of bad boys, lethal weapons, so many cop movies. Point break, you know. I mean... You ever shot your gun up in the air and gone, ah? uh, No, I have not shot my gun in the air and gone, ah. You never shot your gun in the air and gone, ah? No! Ah, so good. 
Again, like most of this episode is just going to be us quoting the movie because it's yeah. really good. You should just see the movie, by the way, people. It's great. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, why? It's a great movie. Watch yeah. it. It's on HBO Max. Uh, it's on DVD. Watch it. Yeah. Also, on that note about Simon Pegg and his like you know acting and things like that, because it is true. Like he's a lot. He's a lot. He's a very good actor. Him and Nick Frost, they're very very good actors. I mean, I but... would watch them put out any movie together. That was that that was that was why Paul failed so hard. You remember that movie? Yeah, I remember yeah, that movie. It, it was uh, it was the Nick. For those who don't know what Paul is, so I think it was after Hot Fuzz, maybe like a year after, a couple months after, because American audiences had no idea who the hell Edgar Wright was. Yeah, really, our mainstream audience didn't know, but people knew they really loved Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead, and mm-hmm. they saw Nick Frost and Simon Pegg are gonna be in a movie awesome and it was this alien movie it was called paul yeah and it had like seth rogan as the alien i think or doing the voice of the alien i, I don't think remember. so yeah uh but it wasn't directed by edgar wright and nope. it was from what i hear is total shit but yeah but um on the note of them being actor or the acting it is true that you see um simon Pegg usually plays like the straight man in these even in Shaun of the dead yeah he's kind of this like abject loser who doesn't who has no like real drive in life in yeah. Shaun of the dead and then you have nick frost who's playing you know the the man child right and yeah. then and then you have here in hot fuzz where you have simon simon Pegg playing the ultra you know ultra instinct police officer super like he's super cop and then you have you know uh nick frost playing the incompetent like I am a cop because this town is so small, I can just be a cop and no one really cares if I'm good or bad. His dad's also chief inspector, so... That's true. Yeah. It, he's, he, I don't know if he's playing the man-child again, but he's definitely... He, he, it feels like he is playing Simon Pegg's character from Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. You know, the guy who's like, I'm like 30, I don't... Or I'm like, you know, 30-something, I don't really have a role to drive, but I got a, a thing to do. I have a job. He was 29. He was 29. All right. He, so I'm 29, you know. <laughs> I'm 29 for Christ's sakes. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. And then and then if you ever seen The World's End, it's yeah. like, you know, that's where Simon Pegg gets to be the, the raving jackass. Yeah. And Nick Frost gets to be the straight man. Yeah. World's End's actually World's End got the short end of the stick. I feel like everybody says World's End's the worst one, but it's actually pretty good. It's still a pretty good movie. It's yeah, still fun. It's entertaining. Yeah. But we have, you know, uh Nicholas Angel who has been has been wanting to be a cop since he was five. We have that picture of him and that story about him and his pedal car arresting kids and, you know, giving them tickets for loitering and Man, Uncle Derek sounds like a sounds like a good kind of guy. <laughs> and then found out that he was selling crack. What a wanker. Mm-hmm. And then, we, you know, we have pictures of Danny, who is, you know, really wanted to be a cowboy. And that's kind of how he polices, you know. You know, let's go, you know, let's go speeding around and firing our guns off. And, you know, Nicholas is just kind of like... That's not what being a cop is. Yeah, you know, you take notes, you observe things. And he's like, well, nothing's going on. There's always something going on. Does, does Boone know this from her experience, you know? I mean, I have no experience as an officer, no. No, no. It's not like you've you've been around police your whole life, you know. Any of this true? Are yeah. mo- most cops you meet, you know, Simon Pegg or Nick Frost? I'm not. I don't feel comfortable answering that question. So <laughs> you're, you're like, I do not want to get stopped on the way home. Thank you. It's but good, yeah, it's a good thing we don't give out our last names on this show. It's true. But yeah, like it's it's cool. It's cool. 
I again, I love this movie. I, I don't know where else oh, me to. Too. I don't know where else to go with this. I mean, I, I feel like I've repeated that like fifty times. I have a feeling we're probably just gonna talk in quotes the entire time. That's true. Because I mean, we could kind of give you the plot of the movie, which I feel if you haven't seen. Which I I know the small percentage of the population who hasn't seen this and also listened to our podcast, which is a much smaller percentage of humanity. I, I feel like knowing how the how the plot turns out kind of kind of ruins it, right? It does, but you never know. It, it might seal the deal for somebody that's kind of on the fence. But the twist, though. Okay, okay. How about this? I'm going to ask you a philosophical film question. But we question. always spoil it. Well, yeah, but, you know, usually the movies we're spoiling are from the 40s. Eh, not always. Okay, the 30s. Okay, so go ahead. Well, I got a philosophical, like, film question for you. Okay. Does knowing the twist ending ruin the movie? Like, if you're going into, like, The Sixth Sense and you and somebody told you the twist before you walked into the theater, is the movie ruined for you? Or, like, this movie. If somebody told you the twist at the end, I is think, the movie ruined for I you? I think if it's The Sixth Sense, it ruins the movie because if you know the twist, then you know. You mean... It's the whole, it's the shtick. It's the shtick. But I feel like if we spoil the ending of this movie, it's only going to amp you up because it is such a good ending. It's a good twist, but I mean, that's probably like the best part of the movie is the, the, the climax and the, the end. The third act is yeah. amazing. Yeah, because I mean, the movie progresses a little bit slow in the beginning because we're transitioning from Nicholas being, you know, part of, you know, London Metropolitan Police where, you know, there's just crime and action and he goes to the country where it's, you know, you know, good morning, Sergeant. And, you know, oh, look, you know, we're having a book fair and, oh, you know, this person just had twins and it's very quaint. Quaint is a good word to, to use. Yeah, that that's kind of the, the, the truth about it, though. Like, that's that's kind of true everywhere. You know? Yeah, you know, if you move out to the, like the rural parts of any country, it's pretty pretty tamed in terms of like what you have to deal with yeah and their biggest you know worry about in uh their town is being the best was it best village or best small village it's the best village award or like the nicest village place to live it's one of those weird things that again i think you only get in really really small like communities right where and and I guess England it's small enough where you can actually like send a committee to visit every village or visit like a bunch of villages because I think it might only take you like two days to drive across the entire island. I mean, beautiful trip. It'd be a beautiful trip, but yeah. So it's. But to the people that live in this village and kind of all have a hand in it, because when it's a small town, you know, there's not too many big positions to fill, so everyone you know gets to know each other. This is their life, keeping this village pristine and up to their code. And it's just like, it seems so boring, yet there's always a ton of accidents. Lots of accidents. Fatal accidents. Deadly accidents. But always yeah. an accident. And then, you know, you know, Nick Frost, or Simon Pegg shows up, Nicholas Angel, and he's like, hmm, there seems to be a lot of accidents. This might be a sign of murder. Dun, dun, dun. And everyone's and like, oh, whole... no, you know, that was just a, a pure accident, you know? She... Everybody thinks he's a crazy, he's crazy. They try to make him think that he's crazy. Yeah. And they almost succeed, but Super Cop just comes back through and, you know, really brings it in home for the third act of this movie. Yes, and the third act is great. Please 
Please, people just watch the movie. Come on, we gotta spoil it. No! Well... We, we spoil it in every episode. Fine. Alright, spoiler warnings for anybody who cares. In the small, like, 1.1, or the 0.101% of people in the world who haven't seen this movie and watched this podcast. This is how you know that Dean really likes a movie when he drops spoiler warning, because whenever I drop one, he's just like, come on, boo, if they haven't seen it, they haven't seen it. It's about the journey, man. But yeah, so there you go. Spoiler warnings for Hot Fuzz. So, before we get to the the main battle of this movie, do you have a favorite scene in this movie that just kind of stands out a little bit more than the rest? It's got to be when when Nicholas Angel goes in... uh, Okay, I'll just... He goes into Skinner's office at the supermarket, mm-hmm. and he goes through the whole plan. He does the whole, like, the reveal. Like, ha-ha, sir, I discovered your plan. Yeah. And he's like, and Skinner's like, oh, it'd be nice if you had proof. And he's like, maybe it's the scar on your leg from fleeing the scene of the crime. Ha-ha! And he, and he does the ha-ha, leg. lifts his pant leg, and it's the wrong one. Yeah. And then he grabs the other one to lift it again. Mm-hmm. But now, in a regular movie, he would just grab the other pant leg and lift it up. And he's like, whoa. But in this one, he does the aha again. Yeah. He's like, or maybe it's the scar on your leg. Ha ha. Or ha ha. What the fuck? He's just trying to keep up with the momentum. Exactly. And I don't know why that whole, the reveal thing of him going through all the threads and all the weird stuff. And it's, you're seeing like the Skinner face imposed on the, on the killer while it's happening. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just mm-hmm. think it's great. Cause it's a setup up to all those like weird mystery yeah. And like, you know, thriller films that I, you know, watch. And I think it's, I just think it's a funny, a funny scene. It's, it's, it's a good bit. It is. Yeah. It's a good bit. And it's one of those bits that's like really mild. It's one of those really mild, like, mm-hmm. ah, this is just like only kind of funny, but that just makes it better because they're committed to this being serious. Yeah. But yeah. What about you, boo? Well, mine's a two parter. Cause I absolutely love this movie. And like you were saying, yours is kind of a small bit that gets you. Mm-hmm. So one that gets me every time is when, uh, Nicholas Angel's teaching Danny, you know, hey, you really gotta pay attention because there's always something happening. So we see the kid that eventually is shoplifting. And Why's he got his hat pulled down? Well, he's probably fuck ugly. No, because no one wants to see his face. Or he might be fuck ugly. I, I mean, it gets me every time. It's stupid. It, it's, it's the way that Nick Frost delivers it because he's so serious and kind of nonchalant. Well, he's fuck ugly, you know? That's why he has his hat pulled over his face. But uh, I or, think... Oh, what is... Oh, who's who's that guy? Oh, that's Michael Lurch. He lives out on the edge of town. Dad says he has a child's mind. He lives uh, in a barn with his, <laughs> with his mother and his sister. sister. Are they as tall as he is? Who? Who? His mom and his sister. They're the same, same person. person. Every time. It's... Uh, yeah. That, I think that's the benefit... That's the thing about these movies is that they're very... Very quick, like, one-liner gag joke. It's yeah. A lot of it's in the dialogue. Yeah, I, I mean, I also love um, <laughs> when they go to see Romeo and Juliet. That's some of the worst acting I've ever seen in my life. The only thing that was convincing was that kiss. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I love this movie, and every time I watch it, I don't know why I forget that they go see Romeo and Juliet, and it's not like a portrayal of the play. It's a rendition of the movie with Leo and uh, Claire Danes. Which we also did an episode about that. So if you want to go listen to that, yes, you can listen to it. But you know, you just you don't expect it to be. In and the then movie. there's the musical number. I mean, how can love you love me? Love me, say they 
Which you love. What is this? I mean, the fact that they added Love Fool by the Cardigans. I love that from the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack. They added it to this one. And Boo loves that song. I do. I believe she sang it with her cousin once at the Twilight premiere. No. 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 It wasn't at the Twilight premiere? No. Mm-mm. Anyways. Yeah. It's a great scene. It's fun. It's it something funny. that you don't expect to see in the movie. But it makes sense because, you know, poor Romeo and Juliet, they meet their demise after the show because, well, one, the girl is a terrible actress and yeah. annoying laugh. That was one of the... That was one of the reasons <laughs> the, the killers Killers gave. knocked her off. And then him, he was just a bad actor. He's a really bad actor. So this is kind of how you see, you know, the trail of bodies and the reasons for why they're knocked off in the movie. It's not even like... Oh, he was embezzling. He was doing this. It's like, oh, he built a house that didn't go with the rustic theme of our th- of our village. His eyesore was the destroyed the rustic aesthetic of the village. And this guy, oh, he was just a terrible speller. Yeah. Oh, she was gonna move to another village, and uh, you know, take her flower shop with her. And the flower shop was great. You know, the the people loved it. But I mean, she fell on her own shears. Ah. Uh... Yeah, but but yeah, that's like the twist ending. It turns out like the Night's Watch or like the the Citizens Brigade or whatever. The NWA. Yes, the NWA. You know, Neighborhood Watch Alliance. Neighborhood <laughs> Neighborhood Watch Alliance. Jesus Christ, <laughs> the fucking British. So, they um they have this secret like society thing where they want to keep the best village award and, and they... also keep up the greater good. The greater good, and they want, and basically by any means necessary, they will they will keep that and make themselves the best, brightest, you know, best village, by murdering all the fucking clowns before they're balls deep in jugglers. I I remembered like my all time favorite part of this movie. Oh you fu- oh you found your all time favorite. Yes, because I I can't not mention it. It just popped in my head. It's something that I use all the time, hmm. so I gotta do it. So when Nicholas Angel first arrives in the in the village and he goes to the pub and he's kind of obser- observing people in the pub and he notices the kids <laughs> that yeah. are there drinking. What's your birthday? Uh, uh, the 5th of May, <laughs> 1969? You're 37. <laughs> yeah. Get out. Well, not him. So it'd be like, uh, I can't think of the kid, you know. When's your birthday? Hmm? Uh, February 30th. What year? Every year. Gets me every time. Every time. Every time. Every damn time. If it pops in my head, I'll start to laugh because it's just a great scene and how, you know, the kids just like every year, just full of, you know, that, that, <laughs> the Full angst. of the angst. Boo is over there like, I remember that angst. It was palatable. Uh. I mean, I use that sometimes when people are like, what's your birthday? What year? Every year. And they're just like, what an ass. And I'm like, I swear, it's from a movie, but it's great. But I'm also being an ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, boo. Yeah, I would never say that to you. Totally. Right, right. Yeah. But we have, you know, the the watch of the village. And, you know, it comes out in the end that, yes, they are, in fact, offing people who are making their village... <sighs> Less good. Not greater good. Yes. But, I mean, it, it's and hilarious. It to that sweet, like, action showdown thing where they're, you know... They literally go through the the playlist of coolest action scenes in movies. Well, you're also forgetting when they're chasing Nick out of there, and he falls and he lands in um, 
the gypsy van and he's just running through these tunnels beneath the village and it's like everyone that they've mentioned that they've you know offed or has been a problem even the man that you know pretends to be the statue oh i love how the living statue guy is still like posed as a living statue he's just like knocked over yeah i like how he still keeps the pose i mean the kids that were drinking underage they offed all of them i mean it's great just to see you know the people that have been arrested and you know uh i can't think of his name uh the one that runs the market simon skinner Mm -hmm. he'll bail them out or he won't press charges and he's just you know it's okay, you know, they'll they'll get their just desserts and it's Big like yikes. It's like, damn, give them the ticket. You know, just right? <laughs> straight up Jeez. murdering people. Just ending fools. But I mean, it, it's a great movie. Um, you know, they think that Nick has been killed by Danny. And yeah. you know, Danny's got his back. He's like, you know, just run for it, go back to London. And Nick's like, Hell no, I'm coming back with a vengeance. Shows up on a white horse. Yes, boo. We get it. The movie's fucking amazing, and it leads to this amazing action scene. Can we just get to the part where the where the priest comes out and he starts dual wielding shotguns? You're not even gonna talk about Nick kicking the grandma in the face. Boo! There's a priest dual wielding shotguns. Yeah. I don't care what Nick does. There's a priest dual wielding shotguns. But it it's just so makes great. me think of the Peter Jackson movie. Um. What is it, Dead Alive, where you have the priest who's like, I kick ass for the Lord, and then he, you know, kung fu kicks like a bunch of zombies. We're also going to watch that movie. Don't worry. It's uh... as great as it sounds. But yeah, no, it's this amazing action bit where they basically relive every awesome action movie reference they've made throughout the, throughout the movie. It's good. It's very it's good. Pretty good fight scenes. I mean, everyone's packing in that town. Hey, you know, well, you know, there's more guns in the country than there are in the city. Really? There, there's more guns in the country. Yeah, yeah, you know, everybody and their mums packing around here. Really, their mums? I forgot. Yeah, are you missing the quote? Ah, oh, God, you're so bad at this. So bad. No, I just want to drive you nuts. I ah, uh, yeah, yeah, e- easy game, easy game. Yeah, I know, but I mean, it's so great when they go out to the country and um, we have the guy that's from Harry Potter. The, the groundskeeper from Harry Potter. Um, prof- not, not Professor Tom. I know who you're talking yeah, you know, about. Yeah. But the, he has, you know, a rifle slung over his shoulder and Nick's like, you know, you got a license for that? Oh, hey, hon. For this one. What do you mean this one? And then there's like, he just has the arsenal. And like a whole barn film filled with, you know, guns and, you know, an undersea, uh, what is it, like a... Like a, not a grenade, but it's like a... It's a, it's a giant bomb for blowing up battleships. And it's just like, I found all of them. It's like, well, yeah, I, I guess the country is, you know, packing. Yeah. But yeah, so there you go. That's Hot Fuzz, everyone. Let, Boo, you want to do your final, like, summation on this one? Other than people just see it, it's really good. See it, it's really good. Yeah, see it, it's really good. It is. It's a really good movie. Um, you know, it's really hard to pick, pick between, you know, the Cornetto trilogy, especially the first two movies, because they're so great. They're, you know, it's really hard to pick just one because yeah, they, no, they bring they bring so much to the table. No, it's no. So it's like, watch it. You'll enjoy it. I don't know if you'll get too many emotions from this, except, you know, just busting your gut laughing because these guys are just so funny. 
It's so funny. It's so funny. They play it straight. It's it's a great comedy. Also, before we go, are you jealous of Danny's DVD collection? Oh no, I've honey, honey. That that man would weep at my my collection of DVDs. That's a big statement to make. It it is, but granted, I uh you know, I have a compulsion for accumulating DVDs. Actually, I don't. It's just people are like, hey, dude, I'm throwing out, like, my old DVDs. Do you want them? And I'm like, hey, fuck it. They're free. I am the FYE of where I live. It's kind of true, but I think Danny's has a bigger collection. He definitely has a w- way better organized than mine. I'll give oh, him that. hands down. But I think all his movies are cop movies, so he might have you there. Probably. Probably. But as we conclude this episode, do you want to spoil what's next week's episode? Uh, I mean, if I remember what next week's episode is, why don't you tell me what next week's episode is? Wow. And he likes to judge me and, you know, try to fight with me about what's on the calendar and he doesn't even know his own picks. Of course not. So next week, Dean has chosen, apparently... I, I believe I did. Okay. Once you say it, it'll remind me and I can confirm if I chose it or not. Okay, so you guys might be surprised because he might change his mind. Next week we are supposed to watch Monty Python. And the Holy Grail. You Correct. gotta say the whole thing because I'm super hyped because Boo's never seen any Monty Pythons. Yes, I have. Have you ever seen the Holy Grail? Yes, I have. What? I've been under the assumption this whole time you have not seen the greatness that is the Holy Grail. <sighs> you guys, you have living proof that Dean does not listen to me. Never do. I have Never will. Se- yes. So I have seen this movie. We'll see how it goes next week. See if our relationship can make it another week. Eh, I believe in you. Uh, yeah. But yeah, we'll be watching that next week. Stay tuned. And if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at the Film Club Podcast. And if you want to listen to us on a different platform than you currently are, we are on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Outlook. So many Spotify, if Microsoft I was at... Word, you know, we're on, we're on, you know, your computer's calculator. You can listen to us anywhere. We're very, very versatile. And I'm gonna go get a couple of Dixie cups and some strings so I could talk to Dean from a, a far distance. There you go. That's that. You can also listen to us through Dixie cups and strings. There you go. So, would you like to pl- uh, to plug your? 30 40 other podcasts that you uh, i'll just i'll just plug one you know if okay. you have some dixie cups and some string you can also listen to me on the double feature podcast that i do with my buddy david where we bring two movies together and we compare contrast them we talk a little bit more i guess like in terms of like f- how these films relate in terms of like their genre or like in the directors and things like that and it's a fun time and we actually did Shaun of the Dead on that one, uh, kind of a while ago. I think it's for Halloween, and we pair that with Dawn of the Dead. So if you want to listen to about zombies, there you can go there and hear me talk about zombies. Because that's the podcast that Dean truly loves. Nuh-uh. It's true. Yeah. So we'll see you next week at the film club. I can't wait. Ooh.